Oh my stars, I am so thrilled you're here. My name is Kai Graham and welcome to another episode in my podcast, The Parent and Teen Toolbox, which is designed to equip parents and teenagers with the tools for navigating adolescence. I've been in the trenches of parenting and now I'm on a mission to help parents support their teenagers so that together we can build a mentally healthier and happier generation of young people. Each week you will receive learnings and takeaways that will help you tackle the challenges and the oh shit moments that are often associated with parenting tweens and teens. I have your back and I'm glad you're here. Oh my stars. I bet there are many parents listening to this who thought that this day would never come. The day when their kids are finally going back to school. But I was reading in the papers uh, the other day, at the beginning of the week, um, how Anne Longfield, who is the UK's children's commissioner, was saying that our children need their nightingale moment. And by that I think she meant that, you remember... um, very early on in coronavirus, the government sort of created um, the temporary hospitals, the Nightingale hospitals, within a week. And they supported the um, people in employment by creating the furlough scheme. And there are bailouts and there are sort of various things supporting businesses and supporting employers and supporting, you know, sort of, and, and also um, supporting the education system. But our kids are slipping through the net. Our kids are needing their nightingale moment. Yes, of course, of course, they need to um, come up to speed as quickly as possible with their with their academics because they have had, um, you know, sort of such an absence of schooling. But it's not just that. Our kids need supported emotionally, and I think now is especially um, throughout lockdown many people were sort of going do you know what we're, we're finally getting our priorities right here where um grades were well homeschooling sort of just re- released the pressure on kids to perform and um and that's notwithstanding the blimmin exam fiasco but i'm not going to go into that just right you know right now but suddenly uh lockdown was allowing us to acknowledge our well-being to maybe introduce a bit of mindfulness and and just start practicing self-care but the thing is is that lockdown is going to have without sort of being the harbinger of doom is going to have profound psychological um, impact on adults but especially children especially children and I know that for some lockdown has been an absolute blessing um, and many, many children I'm speaking to said sort of throughout lockdown, oh, no, no, my anxiety is getting manageable. My anxiety levels are so much better. And yet for others, they struggled because maybe they were in an environment at home that wasn't conducive to their well-being, or maybe they lost the support that they were previously receiving in schools. So it really has, for many kids, been a double-edged sword. But I can understand why anxiety levels are beginning to rise again as children are going back to school. Because, let's face it, they've had five months away from, as as I said, 
disregarding the for a minute the exam fiasco but they have had five months away from study pressures five months away from peer pressures from the bullying from the need to fit in for many sort of the five months away from sexual harassment from the timetables and the schedules and the needing to get up at the crack of dawn in order to get the bus their sleep patterns have improved Five months away from being under the microscope and for needing to fit in and to perform and just to do what everyone else expects of them. Just recently, the annual report, the Good Childhood Report, was released and it said that, bless, our UK kids have the lowest levels of satisfaction in the EU. And that said, the three main factors adding to their lack of satisfaction were, I can understand that stiff, stiff upper lip from the, you know, the, the British sort of culture, that fear of failure. Child poverty has also been a big factor in our kids being miserable and unhappy. Child poverty in the UK, I, 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 cringe and am embarrassed to say this in the year 2020 and also the third factor was the pressures of school so hello anxiety the thing is is that our future is always unknown i mean you know we don't know what's around the corner and the unconscious mind hates uncertainty it wants to keep us safe. We have, to all intents and purposes, being safe. We've said to our kids, you've got to stay home. You'd say, you know, save the NHS and stay safe. And now we're booting them out to school. And to the younger ones, this is a struggle to understand. But our future is always unknown. And we are as a species, very, very good at adapting, but we are better at adapting when we have choice for change rather than when it is being forced on us. So you might recognize that our kids are maybe feeling slightly restless, maybe nervous, maybe um, feeling overwhelmed. And the question is, what can parents do to help? Okay, well, I've got um, a checklist, 10, 10 points that um, will help you as parents support your child in the transition um, of going from five, five months being sort of pent up at home to uh, having to go out into the, the big wide world. Now, this, the given is, I'm just doing a caveat here, the given is, is that you have um, taught your child all about um, cleanliness, all about hygiene, all about looking after their sort of personal safety. So from masks point of view, from social distancing point of view, from hand sanitizer point of view, that's a given, okay? Um, that is your responsibility as a parent for your child to go out well-equipped with the knowledge how they can best um, support themselves from maybe sort of co uh, contracting uh, coronavirus. What I am wanting to do here is to provide you with guidelines so that you can 
support your child when they are feeling anxious. And by anxious, you know, it's not just anxiety. It's the nerves. It's the frustrations. It's the overwhelm. It's the restlessness, all that. But I'm just going to sort of shove it under one umbrella, which we all um, can relate to, which is the word anxiety. So number one, have you noticed a change in your child? Because some kids are going to go back to school and they are going to take it as a breeze and they're really excited and it's they're so thrilled to be back with their mates and they can't wait to get out of the house and they just want something different. But other kids, those kids who have actually enjoyed lockdown and found sanctuary with lockdown, they are the children that we need to support maybe a little bit more. So have you noticed any changes in the last couple of weeks or since they've been back? Is it a a change in, um, you know, maybe there are more arguments, maybe they're more snappy, maybe they are just, you know, sort of venting their frustrations. Maybe they can't focus properly, maybe their mind's all over the place. Maybe they, you know, sort of the attention levels are, are sort of, you know, a bit sporadic. What are they, are they, are they participating in stuff or maybe they're withdrawing or, you know, I mean, I know that lots of teenagers tend to sit in their rooms and never come out, but are they isolating themselves a bit more, you know, a little bit too much? Maybe they they are, have got too used to enjoying their own company. I am seeing so many kids who from, from, dare I say it, sort of, you know, big, strong families, um, healthy sort of families who were, were, each of the children have struggled over the last few months because they used to be social butterflies and they sort of lost their identity a bit. Or maybe they sort of would, you know, to begin with, when they weren't allowed out, maybe those sporty kids sort of had lost, again, their identity because they weren't able to do their team sports. They weren't able to exercise and let off steam. They had to stay at home and they too might have struggled. So, so often I am seeing families that usually would have coped terribly well with the ups and downs where kids and adults uh, had to adjust to the role of maybe being slightly more introverted maybe maybe being slightly more withdrawn and have they got into that rut and are they a bit reticent about going out now maybe they don't want to go and see their friends and maybe this is a change in you know okay they're introverts we get it but maybe maybe your little extrovert is just feeling a tiny bit anxious at the minute is there a change in their behavior in their moods you know i i understand we you know we do have mood swings and and but are you noticing a difference are you noticing a different in a difference in appetite or sleep patterns or hygiene what i'm encouraging you to do is look out for changes in your child changes in their behavior and if it ain't right then maybe start digging a little and just finding out what's going on. So, number one, what changes have you seen in your child? Number two, it is all about, I believe, your relationship with your child. The relationship with your child is paramount. So, if they are struggling, if they are having a horrid time, if they don't want to get their homework done, if they are just kicking off, this allow that period of time for adjustment. This is okay. This is to be expected. 
then, you know, some kids, of course, will take this in their stride and they will do really well. But allow a period of adjustment because your child, children have been away from school for five whole months and they ain't going to just hit the ground running again. And so it's about your relationship with them and building the bridges so they can trust you, so they can rely on you, so you can support them. Let's forget about the grades for the time being. Because grades are, will the grades will improve when you have, basically when you have a happy bunny. Number three, now this is important. It's worth understanding the role of anxiety. Anxiety is that it's that reptilian part of the brain which is wired to keep you safe, okay? So for the last five months, we've been saying, stay in, stay in, and, you know, don't go out, social distancing and sort of social distancing and staying at home and, you know, self-isolation and all this because there's a big bad wolf out there and it's called coronavirus and if you're not careful, it's going to get you. And now we are saying to our child, all right, well, okay, you see, now now things have changed and you can go out now. And yeah, actually, funnily enough, the big bad wolf is still out there, but you've got to go out now. You've got to go out to, yeah, okay, um, maybe the not so safe place, but we'll give you a mask and you'll be all right. And what anxiety is doing is, hang on a minute, because it basically looks at your environment, goes, am I safe? It's the reptilian part of the brain, as I said. It was the bit that saves tries to save you from saber-toothed tiger and, you know, sort of any other threats in, in your immediate vicinity. So anxiety is going, uh, hang on a minute, I want you to watch out here because I don't feel very safe and my role is to keep you safe and alive and what we've done for the last five months has kept you safe and now what? You're, you're heading on out, out, out the door. Well, and no wonder anxiety is making um, a bit more of an appearance. The thing is, is that we have to weigh up the pros and cons. Sometimes um, anxiety gets a hold of us and sometimes it starts to control us. And what we want to do is to manage our anxiety so that it doesn't um, overshadow everything. Now, we need anxiety. Anxiety is what stops us walking in front of a bus when we're crossing the road. Anxiety is what basically says, uh, 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 no, hang on a minute, you, please, you just pay attention here because my radar is telling me that there's something out there. So we need it. We must not get rid of it. It's it's what tells you not to put your sort of hand on a naked flame and, you know, and to watch out when you're boiling kettles and that stuff. So it is for your safety. We must not get rid of anxiety. But what we must also be aware of is when the balance tips and anxiety starts controlling you. Now, if you are interested, um, and it'll be in the show notes, I have a course on such um, topics. So um, kygram.com forward slash anxiety will take you to that course um, if you're interested in it. So just understand that anxiety isn't bad. Anxiety is necessary. It's just not so great when it gets its knickers in a twist and, and we keep on overreacting. So number four is what I want you to do is to have re regular check-ins with your child. Talk to them. 
Find out if they've started school, how their day went. Find out what their thoughts are. Find out how they're feeling. Find out, um, you know, sort of how everyone else is going. Find out what's going on at school and what, you know, how how are they wearing masks and how, are they struggling and do you need to support them and, you know, all those sort of things. Just keep on checking in. Now, for the younger ones, this is fine. I appreciate, you know, the younger ones are able to... Um, sort of maybe share their their opinions and their hopes and their dreams and their fears a little bit more teenagers are uh, sometimes slightly more reticent to talk so i have um in the show notes again um there is an exercise that is brilliant at getting your child to, you're getting your teenager to communicate. It's called three questions. So go and check that out. And it's, it's three questions to ask your uncommunicative teen. And it helps you get on the same page as your child without, let's face it, giving them the Spanish Inquisition. So that's kygram.com forward slash three questions, all one word. Um, so have a look at that. Number five, I am a firm believer that we, well, in fact, we can't change how other people react. We can only change how we react to certain situations. Um, I have um, a, a formula called E plus R equals O. E being the event, R being your response, and then the resulting O is the outcome. Now, at the minute, we have, we we have. I, I I don't want to start getting too political here, and and the government have got a a really strange situation with they they you know we're all in uncharted waters here, but there seems to be a hell of a lot of U-turns going on and changes in policy and maybe policies you know and changes in sort of um, uh, guidelines that we're getting um, that that happen seems to be at the minute on a daily basis. So for your child how they can um, adapt to all this can be quite tricky you know when the the, uh, the 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 guidelines are even sort of a bit skew with so the thing is is that what we really need to do is e which is the from the e plus r equals o e is the event we really can't change that we can't change the fact that one minute we're told to wear masks and the next minute we're not one minute we're told that you know your child's got to go to school and um if they don't you'll get fined i mean seriously but this is so confusing and quite scary for many people but the r is the important thing the r is your response to this that and if your child is seeing you respond with confidence is seeing you respond with leadership is seeing you response with respond with calm then that is exactly how they are going to respond as well so rather than having the media on the whole time oh god look what boris is up to or look at what you know sort of the education secretary i don't know if he'll still be in power when i'm you know from time of speaking but it's 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 our response to that. So I think the trick is is to not overreact because otherwise that sends a message to your child. So allow them to see that you are responding in a level-headed manner. Easier said than done, I know. Number six. Now for many people, I, I'm sort of speaking to so many parents who are saying, yes, I know that schools have to go back, but I'm not comfortable doing it. What happens when there are various spikes locally? Do we sort of pull our kids back or do we sort of 
still send them into school. This is, I mean, this is a a minefield of decision-making for you parents, and my heart bleeds for you. Point is, is that remember that the schools are there to support you so so keep in touch with them but if you choose or for whatever reason maybe you've got someone shielding or whatever that your child is not um, going to go into school and that they are going to learn virtually then maybe have a designated workspace for them so it feels like you know um, they are going to their school desk and coming away in from a virtual point of view because what's really really hard is if they're sort of um if if the home and i mean many parents that are working from home will appreciate this is trying to separate home life and work life well the same applies to children with home life and school life and i know it's i'm teaching granny how to suck eggs here you've had four or five months of homeschooling so you know what I'm talking about but try and have that workspace so that at the end of the allotted school hours you can just pack it all away and sort of bring your child emotionally back home again um isn't it ironic how you know the beginning of the year technology was the villain it was the destroyer of communication. It was the destroyer of relationships. It was the destroyer of, you know, um, of, of our, our children's childhood. And latterly, it has been the saviour. It has kept us communicating with loved ones far away. It has kept us communicating with school. It has kept us learning. It has kept us with a, a foot virtually in the outside world. So whilst that has changed, this too ha- will change. I mean, you know, guidance, as, as I touched on, guidelines are changing the whole time. And so we need to be flexible. We need to be able to adapt. But within that adapting, we also need to, number seven, maintain routine. And this is why so many parents of Northern Ireland have gone back to school already. And so many parents are going, oh, my gosh, you wouldn't believe how wonderful it is just having that school day routine back again. I mean, I know many kids are struggling, so they've got to get up at the crack of dawn in their heads, you know. um, And and wouldn't it be lovely if we could all start sort of the school day at 10? But that's a chat for another day. But routine is so vitally important, and it gives us that degree of uh, certainty that, that, that the unconscious mind is looking for. And by routine, we create habits. And by habits, our unconscious mind learns that we are in a safe environment, we, we learn predictability, and we feel safe. So routine is so very important. Number, I think it's number, is it number eight? Yeah, number eight, validate your child's feelings. Allow them the space to talk and allow them the space to tell you how they're feeling. Don't be too quick to, no, 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 it'll be all right, don't worry, I don't want you fussing about that, it's going to be absolutely fine because we need to feel heard we need to and when we feel heard we feel valued and we feel important and we feel validated and so we need to sit down and chat with our kids and just hear how they're getting along and what they're actually feeling and it might make for some uncomfortable listening but then maybe chat with them 
Yeah. Maybe number nine is, is just problem solve from their point of view. Okay. Well, that was a bit of a struggle yesterday. What do you think might work tomorrow? You know, how, how, how could you do something differently? What would, what would make it easier? And help your child be in control in finding some of the solutions to how they're feeling because it is so very important that they feel in control of their lives you know they, they've been at home and now they're being booted out into the big wide world as I keep saying many kids will be fine but many kids are suffering anxiety and the anxiety is from their point of view it could be emotional well it is emotional but it, it just see how it hits them physically you know are, are they shaking are they sweating are they heart palpitations and show them and allow them to acknowledge that and go yeah this is what happens. This is what your body is preparing you for. Your body is preparing you for something called fight or flight because it's thinking that there are some, you know, things to be aware of out there. And so what we need to do is to say to our body, okay, this is cool. I, I've got this. It's not actually that saber-toothed tiger that you're worried about. And so do some breathing exercises. Teach your child um, some coping strategies so they can talk to their body in a way that their body will listen and breathing is one way of dealing with that so give your child the strategies to cope and and I've got uh, box breathing is is a great example so I'll put those details in the show notes but I'd, I've mentioned it on previous um, episodes but allow your child to find the strategies they need to look after themselves. And then finally, finally, it's all about balance. It's all about, yeah, they're going back to school, and yes, they have missed out on, oh, my stars, so much. But we don't have to learn five months' worth of education in five weeks. That ain't going to happen. It's actually not your job either. It is the school's responsibility to pull your child up to the academic level that they need. It is your responsibility to have a strong and healthy child to be able to deal with those to de with those demands. So maintain that balance. Don't forget, you you don't have to spend all the time doing catch up and schoolwork. Allow the family time. Allow the time for your child to still sit on the Xbox. Allow the time for your child to run around in the garden and do whatever they need. To to keep that balance and it could be curling up with a book it could be going out and sort of doing something fun with the family it could be sitting on the sofa with the dog and, and drinking a hot chocolate find out what your child needs to maintain that balance and that equilibrium in that wee head of theirs because you see homeschooling was the option um, in this country we are you know it's gone from homeschooling to now school is the option i know in other countries you 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 have the option to you know either or but we are being encouraged in the uk that school is now the option which is pretty cool in that it, it the, there is no sort of middle ground i mean this is the, the it, it's it's sort of fairly cut and dried that the, these are the guidelines for our kids um so the the decision has been made for us which is Sometimes, you know, it's, it's pretty good sometimes because when we're in fear and when we're in fight or flight, um, 
indecision causes a lot of anxiety. So the very fact that um, this decision has been made will move towards certainty. But when we are struggling, when we are sort of suffering from overwhelm, when we are restless, when we're in panic, when we're in fight or flight, the best thing for our peace of mind is to take action, is to do something. Now, that could mean many things to many people. So, you know, one might be, no, I've made a decision to do X, Y, and Z. Or it is, um, no, I've made a decision that my child actually doesn't have to do homework for the next two weeks. Or I've made a decision, whatever it is, do you know what I mean? Or my kids can have longer bedtimes or shorter sort of bedtimes or whatever it is. But it is come from a place of control that suits your family best because you know the dynamics of your family better than anyone else. And maybe you've decided that actually they're going to go in three days a week or maybe, you know, I, I, I don't condone that because obviously blah, 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 guidelines are, are guidelines. But I implore you to do what is best for you and your children. And there are many parents with so much guilt doing, I, you know, there was one mum I was chatting to and she said, I'm shielding. So, and I, I've, I've got to send my kids to school and they are, she's got um, sort of three kids. And she said, those three kids of mine are going out into uh, classrooms of 30. So therefore, potentially they have, her kids, three of them are, are, are being sort of um, exposed to 90 families. So 90 families worth of whatever are coming back into the home. And the mum sort of said, I don't know whether or not I should sell, send my kids to school. I don't know whether or not I should go and stay somewhere else and, and shield from them. And, and what a decision to have to make. But I think at the end of the day is do what your heart tells you and do what is best for your children. Obviously, obviously speaking to the school and speaking to people that um, can advise you better than me. But by taking action and doing something moves us towards uncertainty, moves us towards our goal, whatever it is for you. And that takes away the anxieties and that takes away the, the unconscious mind's sort of panicky bit. And finally, just, just as a sort of reassurance, it might be worth telling your child, yes, darling, your, your mind is wired for, for anxiety. It is, and explain to them, as we said earlier, the reason for anxiety. Your mind is wired for anxiety, but your mind is wired for resilience, for courage, and for survival. And that is what we want to nurture in our kids. Sending you much, much love. Speak soon. Thanks so much for listening to this entire podcast. If you want to help other parents looking for support, then please share this with your friends and family. Because if you found this podcast useful, then they will too. So please share via your social media. If you have any parenting questions, then please give me a shout through my email, which is toolbox at kygraham.com. And I may even use your question as a future podcast episode. If you want to connect, please come and join me on Instagram. Just search for Kai Graham. Also, could you do me a favor, please? 
parenting teenagers can feel very confusing and isolating at times. And I believe that it takes a village to raise a child and we are here to support one another. I'd love it if you would leave a review on iTunes. And a good one, by the way. (laughs) Because when you do, it lets more parents out there know that there is support for them too. Thank you. And as always, this comes with much love.